Hockey fans, are you ready to brave the wild? With me, your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Brave the Wild is available on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Double Twist. Thank you once again, and always, for joining me today to talk on Brave the Wild, talk Minnesota Wild. We will wrap up the regular season a bit here. The Minnesota Wild lose their last two games and get shut out in both of them. that was great, but uh, more or less, it's kind of going to be kind of looking at, it's like a miniature State of the Wild, a pre-State of the Wild, looking at the money, kind of like I did last year, which was fun. That show actually did really well. I appreciate those of you that checked that one out, and uh, yeah, hopefully a good number of you are listening to this one and tell your friends about it and all that. Uh, yep, I'm able to record. It's uh, We're not doing spring cleanups yet, and, and it looks like back-to-back years, we're going to be getting a very significant snowfall in April here in the Twin Cities area. So, okay, yeah, here for my Golden Valley apartment as I look outside. The sky is kind of getting that gray veil to it, but obviously there's still sun poking through a little bit here in the morning hours on Wednesday. So back-to-back Wednesdays to break the wild. Pretty funny, because I don't know what tomorrow's going to hold. Got to get back to work, this and that. So, um, all of that. Going to kind of get caught up, uh... Interesting press conference yesterday, Bruce Boudreau and Mr. Paul Fenton, of course. A ongoing conversation. The good news is there'll be no surgeries for anybody, so apparently Mr. Uh, Zach Parisi will not need any type of surgery. There was talk about his knee and such, but then again, it turns out, I guess it's a broken foot, but uh, Paul Fenton doesn't want anybody talking about any injuries, this and that. He wants to just keep it lower body injury, upper body injury, and body injuries because... It's just uh, disrespecting the players, apparently. But that one, I guess, was already out there. So I'm not disrespecting anybody at this point. I'm just passing on conversation. I'm just spreading rumors. But apparently it's a broken bone in his foot for Zach Crazy. That was the issue. Wow. I, I don't even know how you can go out there and play with that type of injury. But some guys can. Obviously, that's hockey. And uh, guys have played with broken feet and getting hit with the puck and all that. Blocking shots. Uh, the guy gave it his all this year. He really did. And... Amazingly, still only one up with 61 points. It felt like it was more, but he missed a significant amount of time off and on with injuries like that, I suppose, getting banged up. Uh, the Minnesota Wild, alarming statistics, this and that, and of course, a little front office shakeup that's probably got more coming along the way. We'll talk about that in a couple of seconds here. The major statistic, though, that drives everyone insane is uh, the Matt Dumba injury that took place, of course, which ended up being a pectoral muscle on uh, December the 15th against the Calgary Flames. The uh, since at, at that point the Minnesota Wild had been shut out once. Since then, ten bleeping times. What? I mean, that's f- freaking awful. So I think Matt Dumba matters a little bit for the Minnesota Wild. Just just a little. Yeah, that's unbelievable. Ten shutouts since that injury. Uh, trades and other injuries again again along the way. Uh, but Koivu's injury was a bit later. Koivu not known as an offensive player, but still he sets other players up. Granlin underachieved quite a bit this year and was traded away again. Uh, Victor Rask was underwhelming, to say the least. Three goals the entire season with Carolina and Minnesota. Very underwhelming season for Victor Rask, of course. That trade has been talked about extensively all over the place, including on this show. Nino Niederreiter blew up in Carolina and has a chance to go on a bit of a playoff run if they can survive the first round with the Washington Capitals, but we'll talk about that in segment number two. It's a bit of a playoff preview in segment number two. In fact, it is a playoff preview. I go all the way from first round to Stanley Cup champion, which, yeah, it's probably going to be a certain team (laughs) that leads everybody out there. Um, 
But no, uh, obviously the trades and all that and getting younger. And the good part is there is a plan. You can see the plan for the most part. Picking up Anthony Batetto, I didn't understand that part of any plan. I'm not sure what that was all about. He shoots on the wrong side, so to speak, uh, as of uh, Matt Dumma being a right shot, the injury. No right shot player was called up. Uh, Brad Hunt was capable of playing on the right side, but he's also a right shot, uh, left shot, pardon me. Um, Valuable guy. And, of course, the Batetto trade uh, acquisition, pardon me, Batetto <laughs> signing, um, claiming, we'll call it, claiming, claimed off waivers, ultimately did not help Nick Steeler either. It just kind of messed with his head. Like, is he going to be in the lineup or not? When he was supposed to be the regular third pairing with Pattern, and, of course, the whole Pattern pairing got messed up as well, having to move up with uh, Jonas Brodeen and Greg Pattern. It's like, sure, they did a good job together for the most part, but at times it looked awkward and... The guy's just not good. I, uh, boy, I don't like the Greg Pattern signing. That one bugs me a bit. Ugh, yeah, it's frustrating. The whole thing is frustrating. Um, the Minnesota Wild will have money to spend in the offseason, which is nice. We're all looking forward to that, I suppose. And of course we are. At the end of the day, where do we go from here? Well, the good news is, again, Bruce Boudreaux will be back as coach apparently, as that was told, but no talk of an extension. You know, they asked, are you going to sign an extension? And Paul Fennett said, Bruce Boudreaux is my coach next year. So what does that say? Does that say if we start off poorly, Bruce Boudreaux will get fired 20 games into the season? Or what's the deal? But uh, uh, who knows? That could be exactly what happens. Uh, I like Bruce Boudreaux. I'd like him to be the coach for the next couple of years, maybe the next three years or more. I like him enough to keep him around for a long period of time. But I'm not sure what's going to happen at the end of the day when it comes to Bruce Boudreaux and the Minnesota Wild long-term. We'll just have to wait and see with that, unfortunately. Um, Again, the shutouts. I'm not really going to talk about the games. They're depressing. Boston, uh, it was nice to see Charlie Coyle and all that. Uh, The Boston Bruins have a chance to go on a pretty long playoff run or get beaten the first round because of the way the playoff seedings are set up. And that's the problem. I mean, certain teams that deserve to probably have a a legitimate crack at getting to the West Finals aren't even going to get a chance to get out of the first round because they get the toughest matchup in the first round, which is kind of cheap and unfair. But, well, welcome to sports. I guess you got to earn it to do anything these days. <laughs> That's just kind of how that goes. But, of course, we'll get into that in segment number two, playoff <laughs> conversation, playoff preview and all that. Yeah, I'm getting ahead of myself again. But, yep, looking at all the salaries and all that, unfortunately, Jared Spurgeon is going into the final year of his contract. Uh, Jonas Brodeen, two years to go. Greg Pattern, two years to go. 2.50 on the, on the cap hit and all that. Quite unfortunate. Of course, it's Parisian Suter locked in at 7.538. I like to just keep going to that number all the way down to the 8,000 range to 20, 24, 25. So is what it is for a long time. It just is what it is for a while, of course, again. Koivu uh, has one year remaining. One year remaining, 1920. Will he get traded away or something in the summer? Possibly. Will uh, somebody else get traded away? Apparently, Parisian Suter don't sound all too excited about a possible rebuild or kind of rebuilding on the fly, that type of idea. So, guys getting frustrated on Minnesota Wild Hardcore, thinking, well, then trade him away. And uh, hopefully that does mean that these guys may open up to the possibility of getting traded away. But there's all kinds of strange... uh, cap loopholes and such. If you trade these guys and they retire before their contract's up, you can, there's a major poison pill mixed into that too, So, which can really kill the Wild in the salary cap. The good news is, again, after the Minnesota Wild likely uh, take care of their restricted free agents like Nico Sturm, Jule uh, Erickson, at Kevin Fiala, unfortunately, as well. That's an interesting one. Uh, Pontus Aberg will not be retained, I guarantee you there. JT Brown's making 687 next year, so... 
probably in Iowa, hopefully. <clears throat> Let's uh, stop signing fourth-line fourth, fourth players and let them develop in the a- AHL, guys like that. Call up AHL youngsters to play in that line. Hopefully, we'll see what happens there. Uh, youngsters that maybe are destined for the bottom six, like Nico Sturm, <clears throat> guys like that. But um, that's the situation ongoing. you got guys signed for another couple of years that you don't really want. Other guys, it's okay to have. And restricted free agents that you got to... Uh, sign in the offseason. Uh, Matt Robson is in a restricted free agent after next season. So Matt Robson with a shot of making the wild next year or being the top goalie in the AHL. Who knows what's going to happen there along with him and Capo. Capo Kakinen if we ever find out how to pronounce that correctly. I believe it's Capo Kakinen. Again, Eric Stahl inked for two more years at 3.25. So a slight decline in salary. About 250000 less. So yay. But again, $15 million to play with going into the offseason. All kinds of interesting names. Jordan Eberle, who's, uh, you know, there's gonna, you're going to get New York Islanders everywhere. Joel Pawlowski, obviously a great player, but 35 years of age. So, again, watch out there. 38 goals for that 35-year-old. Yeah, I mean, a 35-year-old that could score 38 goals. But need we continue to talk about uh, Eric Stahl's 42 goals a year ago? And, well, not quite the same this year. Need we continue that one? Another very interesting restricted, or excuse me, unrestricted free agent is Eric Carlson, <laughs> which would make me really excited. He's a right shot. Huh. Hmm. No, I, don't, I doubt it. He probably, yeah, I, I don't think so. Uh, Artemi Panarin, of course, the most attractive of all, only 27 years old. He's a stud, 87 points, 28 goals. We'll see. Matt Duchesne, there's a name in his, uh, there's uh, a word in his last name that you might want to watch out. If you take the N-E off, that's the talk of what he is in the locker room, obviously, by a lot of people. So, again, you just take the any off the end of his last name, and there you go. Matt, yeah. So watch out for that, of course. That's dangerous. <sighs> Lots of interesting names out there. Kevin Hayes, obviously a guy who can play as well. He's a 54-point center. But none of, but he's not a top center. That's none of your top center for me. He's, he's not. He's a good player, but is he a top center at 54 points? Mm, well, I mean, okay, he played in 71 games, so... He's probably destined to do a little more than that. Matt Molson's available. Yeah, that's okay. He spent the entire season in the AHL. That's how bad he's gotten. Man, was getting paid $5 million. $5 million. Uh, Wayne Simmons, nah. Anders Lee is an interesting one, of course. He's also in a Dyna native. I can't believe he's 29 already. Uh, good player, but 51 points, though. You know, 28 goals. It's like good numbers, but uh, how much is he going to want? So, I mean, again... To me, that's a second-line guy. A second-line guy who can play on the top line, top six. He's top six, but he's not great, in my mind. He's good. Good, but not great. And isn't that the Minnesota Wilds thing? Like, good is not good enough? Eh, okay, whatever. That's kind of been basically what the Wild have been most of the time, other than Gabrick, and, and he he had trouble staying healthy. So let's look at the front office, quote-unquote, shake up a little bit. And my thoughts of who might be replacing some people, I, I don't know. Uh, and, of course, going to cite uh, The Athletic with Michael Russo, of course, for a lot of this information, of course. <laughs> Michael Russo's the... If, if there's anybody that has got to be the top columnist in town regarding the Minnesota Wild, it's got to be Michael Russo, right? I mean, come on. So, huge endorsement for him from myself. Not, not that he needs my help or anything. Could use his help, though. <laughs> Little shout-out in The Athletic? Yeah, okay. Um, but no, Andrew Burnett. That one hurts a little bit. Uh, Shep Harder, very valuable guy on his way out after being with the organization for a very, very long time. Uh, Andrew Burnett, 
oh man, love the guy. One of the coolest guys ever. I, I met him at one of those, you know, Taste of the Wild or type of uh, deals they used to do in the day in March. I'm sure, sure they still do it, but I haven't gone to it in many years because my schedule is what it is. So I follow the wild a different way, of course. I keep up with them 110% like I always do. Uh, Andrew Thomas, also an analytics expert, also let go. Now, of course, uh, Mr. Fenton during the press conference made sure that uh, it's incorrect to say they were fired. They're just not getting renewed. So they're still kind of getting fired, right? Because it's like we're not keeping you. So it's kind of getting fired without getting fired. It's just we're not keeping you. It's like you're a a temp at your job and they're not going to hire you, that type of thing. So Andrew Burnett, what a shame. Sad to see him go. Brad Bombardier, though, looks like he's going to be keeping us sticking around because he was at the draft lottery last night. We'll talk about that a little bit later this segment. Ugh. So, basically, this first segment is going to be 100% Minnesota Wild, including a little teeny bit of Iowa Wild talk. Very minor prospect talk, of course, because things have slowed down a bit. And they haven't been playing well either, which is annoying. They've lost eight in a row, which is really annoying, but there's, they're getting a boost. They're getting a boost. We'll get to that in a second. Um, but no, Shep Harder, obviously very, very, very valuable guy uh, who's got a, you know, he's got an important job. Um, and it's going to be interesting to see who replaces him. It sounds like, according to Michael Russo, that it could be a guy by the name of, uh, I forgot who it was. Chris O'Hearn, that's where it is. Yep, Michael Russo. Chris O'Hearn, who's only 37 years of age, so good luck for him. He's been around with the Calgary Flames, Arizona, Coyotes, and all that. And, of course, uh, it's going to be interesting to see how things turn out there. i got to think Mike Madonna is going to assume some type of role, some type of role, maybe kind of what my, uh, Andrew Brunette was. I wouldn't be surprised if that's where we're looking with Mike Madonna. And who knows after that. I'm not sure if Mike Madonna is the assistant GM type or anything. Uh, this last year, Brunette actually was a co-assistant GM with uh, Harder as well, and uh, actually Tom Curvers. So it was kind of a mess of guys helping out. It was mostly Curvers and Andrew Brunette kind of working together. Kind of a mess there. <laughs> kind of a mess of guys. And that's what happens, though. New guys getting brought in and the former guys still on their contract, this and that. That's kind of what was happening. So it was kind of a crowded room, so to speak. And now things are kind of heading where they are. Um, so Andrew Brunette, boy, that's a shame. That one hurts a little bit to see him go. But if it's Mike Madonna, that'll help heal the, the wound a bit. I got to think Mike Madonna maybe assuming that role a bit. Of course, Andrew Brunette also was an assistant coach on the power play side of things. That was quite interesting to see how things go there. Uh, Luke Cunning, Jordan Greenway, Ryan Donato are heading to Iowa to help that team not only make the playoffs, but go on a playoff run. That could be quite a boost at the end of the day because... Jordan Greenway, in the very little time he played in the AHL, was insanely good. Um, I'm guessing that's why Yule uh, Erickson Eck isn't going down there, because I think he was banged up as well. But luckily, again, uh, Paul Fenton, as I said earlier, uh, he mentioned during the press conference there will be no surgeries in the offseason. Um, Paul Fenton pretty much did all the talking. Bruce Boudreaux didn't really talk all that much, which... I don't know what that means, what that leads towards. Um, but, well, I'm glad Brudrow's coming back. That's the good part. It's going to be hard to say what happens after that. Um, again, it's going to be a mess. Uh, Darby Hendrickson is also in the final year of his contract. So, oh, Darby. I hope they keep Darby. But it's all a wait and see at this point, i got to say. Um, 
It would be cool to see Yule Erickson Echo down to Iowa as well. But again, if, if he's banged up, then it's not worth it. Uh, he was so good in the AHL. And again, Greenway was just dominant, like hat-trick dominant down there in the short stint he had. So could be very interesting. Obviously, uh, if Donato was successful, was successful as he was in the NHL, hopefully he can <laughs> just absolutely tear it up in the AHL and really help the Iowa Wild. I'm sure other teams that missed the playoffs, though, are having young studs like that get sent down to the AHL to help their clubs make a playoff run. What I like about Paul Fenton the most is that he is much more AHL, uh, you know, he's much more AHL friendly than, say, a Risebrow, especially Risebrow, but uh, Chuck Fletcher as well. Fletcher tended to, he was kind of stuck in the win-now mode because of the whole Parisi Suter signing. And we're talking win immediately now, that type of thing. He was stuck in that mode, and that's why he kept trading away draft picks to acquire immediate assets. And a lot of those immediate assets weren't that good. Pominville was good for a little while, but he was getting older already. He was already in his upper 20s when we got him. Great for about two or three seasons, and down he went. And that was extremely frustrating. And you lost, you know, multiple picks and prospects. And, but again, what I like about Fenton, he is big on the whole prospect thing, baby. Because when you get a good, strong farm, not only do you get good, you stay good. You know, that's why Detroit stayed good for so long, because they kept drafting well. That's why, you know, so many teams hang around. I mean, uh, you always get to a point where certain guys leave because of free agency. They get a little older and they want, you know, $8 million and you can't keep them. And you also have a couple of franchise guys that you're paying $8 million or more and you have to keep those guys and other guys you can't keep. But then, oh look, you got this guy coming up. Hell yes. You got this guy coming up who's got a chance to be maybe even better and he's in that you know, he's in that, that youngster pay scale. He's not in the, the, the big bucks yet. He never became a restricted free agent, or, or excuse me, unrestricted free agent when the big bucks really start to come when you hit the upper 20s. So that's the good news at the end of the day when it comes to all of that. Uh, but I like Paul Fenton's approach in that sense. Some of the trades were weird, but I think there's a reason for it because some of these guys, you just you got to get those salaries off the books. And Chuck Fletcher, if Chuck Fletcher was GM, we wouldn't have $15 million to spend this offseason. We just wouldn't. Again, you hope you don't go absolutely ape crap and sign a 29-year-old for $10 million a year. You know, I mean, that's where the fear comes in. Uh, Parisian suitors sound like they're a little frustrated and all that, and we get it. It is what it is. Guys get hurt. Trades happen. But there is hope. That The good news is there is hope with a lot of these young guys. And it ain't JT Brown. He's just a fourth-line guy, obviously. But Kevin Fiala, who is very mistake-prone, but looks like he's got the skills to be something pretty special, a 35-goal guy. If he really can just focus and stop turning the puck over, he might end up becoming something special. Jewel Erickson, that has a chance to be a really good, at very least, third-line center, maybe a second-line center in this league. Nico Sturm, I think, is a third- or fourth-line center in the NHL, but might end up being a damn good one. Might end up being one of the really good third-line centers in the NHL. Maybe could be a 50-point guy as a third-line center, which means you literally have three lines coming out there because if you have a 50-point guy as your center on the third line, well, that means things are probably going well on that third line also. And I, I think this team has a chance to roll three lines, maybe even four lines out one day if you can build this roster enough and, of course, balance the roster as well because there's a bajillion left shots, not only on defense, but on offense, obviously, we know, on the forward, in the forward position. And that's where Jason Zucker could definitely be a trade candidate in the offseason. Sure, yes, he can play right wing, but he shouldn't be playing right wing. It's, it's his off position. Uh, same with Marcus Foligno. <sighs> Guys like that. Uh, Pontus Aberg is a right 
wing, a legitimate right wing, but he stinks and he doesn't care and all that. So I don't know. I mean, if you bring back Pontus Aberg, he might wind up in the AHL. Uh, it's not like his contract was killing us, 650. So he was actually the lowest paid, paid forward on the whole roster, uh, below JT Brown and uh, all the other rookies as well. Um, Nico Sturm, again, restricted free agent. I don't expect him to break the bank or anything, maybe a million a year or less, like 925 like he was getting this year. That's a, that's a lot of money to get for a couple of games. Man, I wish. <laughs> I wish. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I don't even know how that works, but hell yeah. I could I could go for that in a heartbeat. <laughs> I'm just going to chuckle out of that. Um, please don't bring Anthony Botero back. I know you love him, but maybe keep him in Iowa or something as like an emergency call-up if something happens. You know what I mean? Because things happen. We all know that. But there's so many good players. Uh, def- there's so many decent defensemen at the AHL level right now that I think can play in the NHL at some point. Obviously, Carson Soucy never saw the light of day in the NHL this year because there's a bajillion left left uh, defensemen. Um, and, of course, Louis Belpedio didn't get to see any NHL action this year. Um, and, you know, Brennan Mental. To me, those are legitimate prospects in the defensive core down there, and that's good. Um, having Anthony Botetto down there as a minor leaguer doesn't kill anybody. I wouldn't mind having him there and maybe have an emergency call if things go bad, but... Maybe you can get somebody with a little higher hockey IQ out there. Uh, obviously, when when you don't hear his name, he's just a steady, solid player. But when you do hear his name, it's like, oh my God, what the hell was that? That's basically how it has been with uh, Anthony Potato just uh, thus far, which is extremely frustrating. Uh, Jared Spurgeon is the, to me, the number one defenseman on this team, and I think he's the most valuable player on the Minnesota Wild, other than, <laughs> other than a guy named uh, Matt Dumba. I think those are your two most valuable players on the Minnesota Wild. Period. Matt Dumba and Jared Spurgeon are the MVPs for the Minnesota Wild, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, Spurgeon's 29 years old, um, almost 5.2 million going into next year, which again is his final season on this current contract. I would love to see him extended in the offseason for three to five years. That would be freaking awesome. Three, probably preferably, because we all know how it is. But uh, five wouldn't kill me as long as it's not something crazy. Uh, Yep, Tyler uh, Ennis was still on the books. And he's still on the books next year for 1.2 because of the buyout. So remember, that's another thing you got to be conscious of if you're looking to buy out Mr. Mr. Victor Rask. It's gonna it's gonna be dead money on the books for years because he's got three years remaining at four million four million a year for Victor Rask. So you split that in half to two million, it would be spread over six years. That's a long time. Do you want two million dollars of dead money just sitting on your books for six effing years? Do you really want that? It's not the end of the it's not the end of the world, but it's not good. That would be really dumb if we did that. Plus, you're just throwing money in the garbage. I mean, that's twelve million dollars literally getting thrown in the garbage. Just garbage. Just it's it's gone. Though you might think that anyway. Some of you out there that are <laughs> that are very much against Victor Rask. Michael Russo might be one of them. Maybe. Yeah, I think a little bit. But uh, he'll he'll get another crack next year, so they say. And after that, then he might be a buyout candidate. A la Tyler Tyler Ennis if he has another you know awful awful season, off injured, off this, off that. Um, so we'll have to wait and see how that goes. Uh, Alex Daylock is the most is the longest tendered uh, contract when it comes to goaltenders. That's going to be interesting to think about. He's signed up until 21-22 UFA, but he could easily be sent down to the AHL. It's not the most expensive contract in the world. Devin Dubnik is entering his second last season on his contract. 
And of course, Robson, after next year, is a restricted free agent as well. So, going to be extremely interesting what takes place with the goaltenders, of course. I do think Alex Stalock remains on the NHL roster next year. Will Devin Dubnik get traded? I doubt it. If this team is in any type of, uh, we got to be in the playoffs again next year. So, we'll have to wait and see. Uh, Robson, Stalock, Kakinen may all battle for that uh, number two position. I think Stalock will be in the NHL, but maybe not, because, heck, Robson's actually making a little bit more next year than Alex Stalock, which is Interesting. That's an interesting piece of note there. As you might think that uh, who cares, but hey, you know, it's it means something. I mean, it mean it's a sign that obviously they value him at some point. You know, they value him to a point at the very least. So, uh, of course, Cunnan becomes a restricted free agent. Yep, they're already listing him as a non-roster player, which is really funny because he's in the Iowa Wild. That's funny. Uh, restricted free agent after next year. Same with Mr. Greenway. Ryan Donato is a restricted free agent right now, so there's another one that you got to think about. He's another one that's going to have to be tendered in the offseason. Uh, Dmitry Sokolov is good for a while, until 21-22, along with Ladnia, who obviously signed an entry-level contract last year. He's going to have a crack at making the roster next year. Ivan Ladnia, who can score a bit at the uh, OHL level. Well, he hasn't, in the, and in a six-game stint a year ago, didn't score a point, so that was frustrating. Uh, Kyle Rao, is back for next year for seven mil. That's or seven mil, seven hundred thousand. I'm sure he wishes it was seven mil. Same with uh, Sam Honest. I'm glad about that. Matt Reed is a UFA, unfortunately. Uh, Carson Susie, yep, he's a he's he's an RFA. Carson Susie's an RFA. Louis Belpedio is an RFA. Uh, Michael Kapla, who I thought did a good job, young, still pretty young, 24 years of age. He's a left shot uh, defenseman. He's an RFA as well in the AHL level. Brennan Mendel is an RFA next season. So other than that, mostly minor league type of guys. Matt Barkowski might be a little frustrated. He probably thought he was going to see some action in the NHL this year. But uh, was mostly uh, relegated to AHL play. Andrew Hammond is a, is a UFA. Will he be back next season? Or is it going to be Kakinen and Robson anchoring down there along with the possibility of Staylock? Maybe he's flipped one of them for Staylock at the NHL level. So going to be very interesting. Uh, Minnesota acquired a player, though, very recently. He's in the juniors right now, a goaltender. who He's also been signed to a uh, entry-level contract. He's only 20 years. Derek Barbaro. So that's an interesting. Barabo. Derek Barabo. Very interesting there. So we'll see what happens with that guy. Uh, he's also uh, a prospect in the system. Only 20 years of age. His cap hit officially 750k. So, that's an interesting thought there. We'll see what happens with him. He uh, currently is in the juniors, but, um, okay, that's somebody to think about as well. So, hmm, interesting, interesting at the end of the day there. Alexander, oh, yeah, and Alex Kovanov and Connor Dewar have signed uh, entry levels. They're not RFAs for three years, so that's great. They're, they have three years of, uh, they're with the Minnesota Wild one way or another for three years, so great. Hopefully, uh, Kovanov and others will have a shot at things here. Looks like uh, Kovanov is now in the minors, so that's good. So he might have a shot at something here as well with the Iowa Wild. Oh, I can't wait to see Alexander Kovanov. I think he's got a, I think he's got a future in this league. As a lot of us talk about how bare the, uh, bare the cupboards are for the prospects, but eh, they're not that bare. They're not that bare at the end of the day. I mean, Connor De- DeWare and Kovanov, I think, have a chance to be NHLers. I, I really do. Uh, obviously, long way to go. They both played in juniors last year, major juniors, and WHL for uh, Connor Dewar. So it's not like they're superstars yet or anything. It's not like they tore up the AHL and are ready for the NHL 
at age 18 years old, but uh, we'll see what happens at the end of the day with them. <sighs> Can't wait. Can't wait. Uh, poser guys, I'm really looking forward to seeing what they can do. Age of, uh, again, 18 years old for Kalvanov. April 12th, so just now. Man, man. Just now, uh, in a couple of days, we'll be turning 19. Connor Dewar, uh, excuse me, Alexander Kovanov, and then Dewar will turn 20 on June 26th, right around the NBA and NHL draft. Love that time of year. Always take those days off and watch both of them. So, yeah, kind of looking at the prospects and salaries and such. So, I mean, Eric Fair is another one who's a UFA. So, chances of him coming back are probably slim, even though, God, he did a good job. Does, does anybody out there show of hands, imaginary hands? that didn't like what uh, Eric Fair did out there. Because I, I thought he did a wonderful job. Uh, Nico Sturm, though, maybe it's his job to lose at this point. Um, but uh, we thought that about the old uh, Grayovac battery out there, too. <laughs> Grayovac, I liked him. But he just he kept getting hurt or you know, underachieved. And remember how frustrating that was? You thought, yep, there's your fourth-line center for a long time. Maybe you can move up into the third because he was the, the leading scorer for the Iowa Wild years ago. And he just never did anything. And it was so frustrating. He, and the one year he, he had it, pretty much, he, he was penciled in as the fourth-line center, and he got hurt. And he got hurt in the first game of the season. And it's like, never again. And it's so sad. So, uh, he's been with the Calgary organization. He went to, he got traded to Washington a year ago, and then wound up with Calgary. I believe, is he, is he the, re, is he the guy that we acquired uh, Dante Salaturo for? Or was that, uh, uh, Jordan Schrader? I can't remember. It's one of these young guys here. Or was it Will Biden? No, Will Biden was uh, uh, Gustav Olofsson. So, <laughs> it's all confusing. Uh, Coppola was another guy we acquired. He, we acquired him for uh, Ryan Murphy. That actually might even be a little upgrade there, I think. Uh, but no, I mean, there's hope for the future here. There really is. Uh, a lot of these young guys, I'm very, I'm as weird as some of the trades were, as weird as some of the trades and some of the moves were, you, you can tell there's something, there, there is a plan. And it's not a bad one. Not a bad one. And I am looking forward to the draft, the Minnesota Wild. Shall I get into the draft now? Shall I get into it? I, I have to. Well, the draft lottery and all that. Minnesota Wild were projected 11th. And most of you probably saw this already, but just talk about it anyway, because you, you gotta. I mean, if you're not going to talk about it, what are you doing a podcast for about the Minnesota Wild? Well, Minnesota Wild were projected to be the 11th pick and 3% chance, a big-ass 3% chance of going to number one overall. And, oh, my God, here comes Jack Hughes. Get your jerseys ready. Well, his jerseys are going to New Jersey, and that sucks. It sucks. But what also really sucks is that, well, guess who was supposed to pick 12th? The Chicago Blackhawks. Guess who ended up picking 12th? The Minnesota Wild, because the Blackhawks moved up into the top three. Isn't that just great? But thank God in heaven, hallelujah, amen, that that third, that number three opened up and there was the Blackhawks logo. Oh my God. Could you imagine Jack Hughes joining Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves? Oh my God. Obviously they'd be on a different line, but so what? Maybe maybe Hughes would play with Patrick Kane a little bit just to kind of get things going. Oh, my God, that would have been bad. But the Rangers and the frickin' Devils also moved up. Of course, you got to get big-ass markets at the top. I know, and people, everybody thinks it's fixed. I don't blame you if you think it's fixed. I don't. Uh, Colorado was slated to be number one. Imagine how they feel. They thought they, they thought they hit the jackpot, man. The trade of the century, trading away Matt Douche, Matt the Douche over to uh, <laughs> the Ottawa Senators with an option for the first-round pick, unprotected, of course. From the Ottawa Senators, Ottawa 
elects to keep their pick last year, which was fourth, ironically, the fourth pick, and they ended up with uh, the Chuck, the younger the Chuck, who actually looks like he might be really good. Him and the Calgary, his brother in Calgary, look like they have an awesome future. Might have both end up, uh, might both end up uh, exceeding their father's abilities out there. I mean, it's possible. They look awesome. Um, like Keith the Chuck, of course, uh, St. Louis, and ultimately Phoenix Coyotes back in the day. They were called the Phoenix Coyotes back then. Yes, I know they're Arizona. But uh, Colorado down to fourth, so they lose, they lose, they move down three places, and of course Minnesota, it's just like, same old crap, you can't even stay at 11, some some BS has to happen, and they have to move down, a uh, couple mock drafts here, one of them has the Minnesota Wild taking Arthur Kaliev, who really sounds like a prospect at the end of the day, when you're talking 51 goals at the OHL level, Hamilton of o, uh, the OHL, 51 goals in 67 games, 102 points, that's pretty freaking awesome. That's one of the, uh, he looks like a Penguins jersey with those. <laughs> yeah, it looks like Penguins versus Detroit here with these uh, uniforms in the OHL. But of course, they're, yeah, they look exactly like Pittsburgh and Detroit. Might as well be the 2008-2009 uh, Stanley Cup Finals. Those those two years back-to-back. But 102 total points, 51 goals, 51 assists. He's a left winger, so another left shot. That's the one thing that might annoy people, but... So what? If he can frickin' play, so what? Then trade away Jason Bleep and Zucker if it comes to it. I mean, I'd rather have, you know, somebody who might be a, be a, be a star someday rather than a guy who's up and down every effing year, which has been the case. Jason Zucker's been up and down forever. Uh, he's got talent, he's got ability, but he's up and down. Uh, obviously, you got Kirill Kaprizov, who I don't talk about all that much on the show because it feels like a frickin' tease because he's not going to be available until after next season. And, well, it, it ain't over yet. Um, it ain't over yet. So we'll just have to wait and see how things go there. Uh, it's going to be a, it's gonna be an interesting ride. We all know how the NHL draft can be. You can get a stud. You can get nothing. Um, we'll just have to wait and see. I kind of wish the Minnesota Wild did get that first-round pick from Boston. I don't care if it's 29th because, well, so be it. And, well, it just didn't happen. Alex Newhook is... Uh, on the mock draft here at myNHLdraft.com, Alex Newhook is a center, so that's maybe a little more position of need, even though the Wild apparently now have a ton of centers, but we don't have a number one center. Does this guy have the chance to be that? Well, maybe, depending on how good you consider the BCHL. And, of course, obviously a guy who was born in 2001, it's hard to say just how great he's going to be yet, but he's putting up the numbers at least, and the good news is he can score goals as well. So... 38 goals in the 53 games. That's pretty freaking good. And 64 assists. Definitely putting up the numbers there. Uh, he had 43 goals with uh, York Simcoe Express Midget AAA. So whatever you call that. Uh, and the E-T-A-M-M-H-L. Uh, why don't you call it the Super Fragic, Super Califragilistic Expialidocious Hockey League? My goodness. I mean, can it get any longer? My God. Who, seven freaking symbols? Uh, is that all? But yeah, I mean, obviously these are young junior levels, even below junior, like under 18 and 17-year-old, 19-year-old. But hey, if you're kicking butt against other players, so be it. You know, you're beating other players at your level, so be it, because there might be other stars at your level, because they all come from something. Uh, the Victoria Grizzlies of the BCHL, again... 38 goals, 64 points, uh, 64 assists, pardon me, for 102. So at least you're getting triple-digit guys here, and that's the good part. Uh, where guys like Evan Ladnia at the OHL, you're not getting that. Where with uh, Ka- Kaliev, you're, you are getting 100 points. So 
you never were getting that with guys like Ivan Lodnan, the third round, second round type of guys. So you get guys that actually star in the OHL or other junior leagues. Well, let's go British British Columbia Hockey League, which is what BSJ means. I mean, like, you don't even need to think about that. You don't even need to look that up. It's obvious. Um, so, I mean, okay. Obviously, you never know what you're getting, but hopefully, I kind of, I, I, I'm in, definitely intrigued by that Kaliev, though. 51 goals. 51 goals. Uh, but then again, I mean, Sokolov had 50 goals as well in the OHL, so let's not forget about that. Sokolov needs to translate more into the AHL and come to the NHL and Hopefully, but uh, we'll have to wait and see how things go there. New hook, hopefully. <laughs> I mean, ah, you know, the, the frustrating part is they're, they're not playing for us for another year or two or three. So you're just kind of stuck waiting. That's basically where you stand with that. The uh, AHL and all that, again, exciting. Hopefully the postseason is good for them. Luke Cunning was very productive in his time in the AHL, particularly as time went on. He started off very slowly because he was still recovering from an a, uh, ACL. Can't imagine why that would be a problem. <laughs> uh, Jared, Jared Mayhew and uh, Kyle Rao definitely leading the club in goals this year. They're doing a hell of a job. Cal O'Reilly, the overall captain and, and leader of the team at age 32. So hopefully he can continue his run and help this team go on a playoff, uh, some type of a playoff run. William Byton, who definitely emerged during the course of the season as the fourth-line center, which sounds funny, but he did a good job. Him and Sokolov, that's a pretty good fourth line. Those two guys working together. Uh, Sokolov on the right side there, 16 goals, mostly on the fourth line, a minus four. But Byton finished even, or he didn't finish, but is at even right now as we head towards the end of the AHL season as this team trying to make the postseason. So, Byton, that's not bad, though. That's not bad, keeping teams at bay and putting pucks in the net. So, good news there. Uh, Louis Belpedio never got a point again. It's been months, and that's kind of sad. But he's been playing sound defensively for the most part, despite being a minus 12. Kyle Rao, as good as he's been this year, is a minus 22. So, that's a lot of snake bit right there. Snake bit situation there. Very frustrating for him, I'm sure. Because he's a better player than that, I got to think. Um, so, with that said, I think that's where we stand right now. Going to the offseason, looking at all the different cap situations. Sorry if it felt like ramble, but then again, maybe it shouldn't feel like ramble because it's a lot of uh, it's a lot of information, a lot of stuff to talk about, a lot of things to look at heading into the off season. It's not all so bad. It's not all so good either. Um, it sucks being stuck at the 12th pick, but you still got a chance to get a pretty good player. It seems it's hope. I mean, it's higher than 18. It's higher than 28. So just do a good job. That's all you got to say. Hopefully, we don't get another weird draft pick like we did last year where one of the leaders of the of the, <laughs> of the of the of the Swedish national team the leader of the Swedish national team didn't even know who uh, Johansson was so that's extremely frustrating when you sit down and think about that he didn't even know who he was uh, Philip Johansson didn't even know who he was he had to be reminded who he was according to Michael Russo so that's kind of weird a guy getting picked in 24th overall so hopefully we don't have a weird pick there but a lot of the picks after that, uh, Kovanov and Dewar respectively, about six picks apart, might end up being studs. Uh, even Damian Giroux has done a heck of a job as well. And Sam Hentges. Sam Hentges were a team that should have had a better uh, postseason. Uh, did a wonderful job as a freshman for St. Cloud State from New Brighton, Minnesota. So we'll have to wait and see there. But uh, pretty cool. So there, there are things to look forward to. And of course, Nick Sweeney, who might bring in another national title. He led his team in goals this year, tied with uh, Makai who's like the star of that team. So if he's tied with the star of the team in goals, that's a good sign as a seventh round pick in 2017. So there are, the cupboards are not completely bare here. These, 
I get it. These guys aren't Marion Gabrick or anything, but maybe they end up being pretty good players. So we can't write them off just yet. So we'll take a quick break and preview the postseason up and coming and look at who's probably going to win the Stanley Cup this year. back here on Brave the Wild. Segment number two, we are going to preview the postseason here. Unfortunately, not involving us, but you already know that. Going to cite Cap Friendly for all that salary cap information. Got to do that as we're in the media. We got to uh, cite other <laughs> sources of information for providing it for us. And thank you very much. Sport Track, Spot Track, pardon me, also for uh, helping out with the NHL free agents. That's always great. Uh, Jason Spez is coming to Minnesota. Let's get him. No, he's, no, no, not at that salary and not at that age. Bob Brovsky, no, no, let's just move on. Okay, but those are interesting guys. If you want to sign somebody who's really old and stuff, but uh, hopefully you can get a good uh, price for it at the end of the day. Well, let's look at the Eastern Conference first, and it ain't the Eastern Conference. And even in the NBA, the Eastern Conference is getting stronger. It's just the freaking Warriors aren't going away. And I think some people that know me well know how I feel about the Golden State effing Warriors. I can't stand them. (sighs) <sighs> but, well, there's hockey teams I can't stand either. Chicago Blackhawks most of the time, even though I admire what they are able to do on occasion, still sucks, still frustrates the hell out of me. The Tampa Bay Lightning versus the Columbus Blue Jackets, one versus eight, basically. Well, the lowest-seeded uh, wild card, let's just call it that. I think the Tampa Bay Lightning win that in five. Boston versus Toronto, that's going to be an epic series, an epic battle, and a crying shame that I can't be a little bit further along. At least a second-round matchup, I think it should be. It should be a second-round matchup, but then again, look at all these other teams down here as well. The Eastern Conference is awesome, and they've won the Stanley Cup, what, three years in a row? The uh, Tampa Bay Lightning were the last, uh, Eastern Conference teams to, uh, last Eastern Conference team to lose the Stanley Cup final. That was to the freaking Blackhawks, which are not in the uh, playoffs for the third year in a row, second year in a row. Um, much to their chagrin, I'm sure, but now they're getting a pretty good talent coming in with the third freaking pick. Uh, Boston versus Toronto, I think that goes seven. But Boston wins. And then they have to play Tampa in the second round, which sucks also. They should probably face off in the West uh, East Finals for the Prince of Wales Trophy. But I suppose you got the Stanley Cup champions in the other division anyway. And what a solid division that is as well. The only team that's like extremely unlikely to advance in the postseason in the uh, East is Columbus. They're just they're really good and they're dangerous, but they're just not going to beat Tampa. They're just not. Washington Capitals versus the Carolina Hurricanes. That Carolina team is great. Uh, they're young. They're talented. They're they're great. I'm happy for them. Their fan base is cool. I like the Carolina Hurricanes, and I don't like Washington. And I don't know. I think they got their cup. I don't think they're as hungry as Carolina. And I think Carolina survives that series in six or seven. It's going to go far. Let's say six. I think Carolina knocks them out at home in front of that fan base and get the job done and move on. New York Islanders versus the Pittsburgh Penguins. We know the Penguins, who they are. They were the Eastern Conference Chicago Blackhawks, basically. Like this unbeatable team for the longest time. They were killing everybody. They got the two stars. They got the good goaltending, kind of, sort of, not always. <laughs> Andy Murray luckily turned it around after an awful start to the season. I mean, freaking awful. And then K- Casey DeSmith is solid, was solid. He kind of held things together. Well, Andy Murray, uh, well, well, uh, Murray was sucking. Um, 
So we'll just have to wait and see how things go there. But I think the New York Islanders are the better team. I really do. I mean, this team, you got Barry Trotz, of course, who did a uh, hell of a job with Washington. Turned them into a more balanced team. You got the scoring from Ovechkin and, and all these other stars, obviously, on that team that can score. Uh, Nicholas Backstrom and many others. Uh, what you, you know, TJ Oshie and such. Uh, New York Islanders have good scoring players. They lost John Tavares, but... See, goaltending was definitely their undoing the last couple of years when they didn't make the postseason. The Islanders, or they'd make the playoffs and get ousted right away. Not this year. I think the New York Islanders beat the Penguins. Absolutely beat the Penguins in the first round. It's six games. It's not going to be a butt-kicking. But I think the Islanders are the better team. I think the goaltending is just freaking awesome. It doesn't matter who you put in the net. Uh, gotta love the goaltending there right now. They're doing a hell of a job. Um, <laughs> I, I think uh, Islanders win in six. They move on to play the Carolina Hurricanes, which I think is just the sweetest, coolest thing ever in the second round. But I think the Isles also survived that series in, in uh, six or seven. That one's going to be a little longer, possibly. I think Carolina puts up a hell of a fight, but I think the Isles go all the way to the East Final. I do believe that the Tampa Bay Lightning are going to get past Boston in six or seven. It's going to be a long, epic series, and the winner of that series wins the Eastern Conference, I believe. So I do not think the Islanders get to the finals. I think Tampa Bay winds up in the Stanley Cup Finals. They win the Prince of Wales Trophy. They do not touch it. Uh, the freaking Vegas Golden Knights touched the Campbell Conference Trophy last year, and what happened? You know, their run ended, unfortunately. Don't don't touch it. <laughs> Even though you want to, I would love to touch that trophy, but you're not supposed to. You're just not. It's just one of those weird little bad luck traditional crap, but... It, apparently it didn't help the Vegas Golden Knights last year, which is a crying shame because I love that team. I really do. When they're not playing us, I love them. But then again, I love them when they're playing us because we always beat them. <laughs> kind of a cool first-round matchup, I'd have to say. In fact, almost all of them in the West are. And, you know, all of them are. What the heck? You know, Stanley Cup playoffs are awesome. And there's really no there's really no scrub team in the postseason this year. I mean, there really isn't. The Dallas Stars... Okay, they're kind of like top line heavy and they've underachieved uh, in the scoring department, but Ben Bishop is a star, man, this year. He's great. Just imagine if Ben Bishop miraculously went all the way to play against his old team in the final. That'd be crazy. It'd be the story of the century, man. You never know. <laughs> Nashville Predators, though, they won the division again. They ended up winning the division again. Pecorini, it's all about Pecorini here if the uh, Predators are going to go to the finals. Obviously, they have great depth, but at the same time, there's guys that did not play that great this year, and Kyle Turris just isn't that good, and whatever. I do think Nashville gets past Dallas in five or six. Let's just say six, maybe five, I don't know. I do think they beat the Dallas Stars. Winnipeg Jets versus the St. Louis Blues. Winnipeg's defense has not been good this year. I don't know what happened. Their scoring is crazy good. Their defense isn't. Their goaltending is lousy. Uh, I don't think they're this unbeatable team like they were last year. Even they were, they and, and uh, Las Vegas took care of them pretty quickly last year in the West Finals, to everyone's surprise. Winnipeg's going to have to kind of bear down a bit. They're going to need a Jordan Bennington to emerge and save that franchise. Hint, hint. Do you, do you see what I'm getting at here? Did you see what I did there? They're going to need something like that. Just like a lot of teams need that young goaltender to come in and save the franchise. St. Louis is going to beat the Winnipeg Jets in in six games. Um, it, it might even go seven, but I, nah, I think St. Louis wins it in six. I think they're the better team. I think Jordan Bennington is the difference, and St. Louis obviously has scores. Uh, they figured things out when they changed the coach, and God bless Mike Yo, but this other guy is a better fit for this team. Uh, he called out his players, got them to uh, play the right way, uh, called out Tarasenko, threatened to put him in the press box, and look at him. 
Look at Tarasenko, how much better he got now that he's healthy. The poor guy he got hurt late in the season here. Almost cost me a championship, but he stayed healthy. But both him and Bennington helped me win the title <laughs> in fantasy hockey. Barely. We're talking by the skin of my teeth. A couple percentage points by the goaltender. Thank you, Grubauer. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Bennington and Grubauer both saved my ass in the final. Not that any of you care, but it was fun. Uh, I do think St. Louis advances to play the National Predators. Calgary versus Colorado is going to be an epic series. As long as Calgary's goaltending holds up against a Colorado team that's dangerous. Uh, their goalie is great. Grubauer is awesome. Um, obviously, they have incredible talent in the top line there, top six and all that. Uh, Calgary's got the most... They're, they're about as talented forwards as you're going to get, other than Tampa Bay. They're the second best team in the NHL, as far as I'm concerned. I think they're freaking great. Their scoring is unbelievable. Uh, Giordano, 70-point defenseman. Wow, what a season. Uh, if Mike Smith and, and Riddick can, can hang on, Colorado can or Calgary can win the Western Conference easily if the goaltenders can hang on because this, this offense by Calgary is flaming hot. It is awesome. Saw what I did there. Yeah, I know. It's not funny. Uh, but I think Calgary should beat Colorado. They should, unless Grubauer literally steals the series away. <sighs> Calgary got a tough matchup here. Uh, whoever plays Colorado in last year, same thing because their scoring is just deadly, but their goaltending was their undoing last year. Now you got Grubauer from Washington, who everybody wanted last year. And when Grubauer went there, I was like, uh-oh. And then he wasn't in net for the longest time, and now he is, and now he's great. And so Grubauer could be the hero versus his goaltending being the reason why Colorado could not advance last year, despite being a very dangerous offensive club. Their offense has slowed down a bit, but they've been pretty dangerous for quite a while. Like, I didn't see the Wild catching them ever. Uh, both Ben Bishop and Grubauer are very dangerous goalies who could do some damage in the first round of the playoffs. I do believe as long as Colorado can or Calgary can uh, show up and, and score and their goaltenders don't let them down, they should be able to win that series in six or seven. It's going to be longer than it should be because of that. But uh, we'll have to wait and see. Cal- Calgary needs to win that series, and I think they will. If they don't, uh, another epic, epic, frustrating uh, postseason for Calgary. Despite being, this is easily the best team since 04 that went all the way. But remember, that team was what you would call Colorado. They were they were an eighth seed. So, what the hell? That would be ridiculous, man. Uh, it would be like if Colorado went to the final this year to play Tampa, where Tampa was clearly the better team and they won the Stanley Cup in 04. Um, I think Calgary wins that series. Long story longer. San Jose versus Las Vegas. Love the Sharks. Great talent. But they're inconsistent, and their history is all over the place. <sighs> Jones is a goalie who can be fantastic, and he can be terrible. Um, Vegas has really good goaltending. They have really good defensemen. They have really good forwards. They're just they're balanced. They're solid. They're smart, and they've done it before. The Vegas Golden Knights defeat the San Jose Sharks in, in the first round. Um, it might even be a quick series. Uh, no, I'm I'm, I'm going to go seven. That one's going to be a long and Seven games. It seems like six is every series, but it's always different. Somebody's going to get swept, but I'm not picking a sweep. Uh, if anybody gets swept, it's the Columbus Blue Jackets, though. It's just the... Uh, we'll have to wait and see. Vegas in seven. They'll play the Calgary Flames in the second round, and that is going to be a very, very tough series. I think Colorado is going to have a hell of a time. Or I keep calling them Colorado. Calgary is going to have a hell of a time with them. I think Vegas puts up a hell of a fight. It's To me, I think the winner of that series wins the Western Conference at the end of the day. Unless somehow St. Louis is some crazy team that goes all the way. But St. Louis's history tells me they're not. <laughs> and Pekka Rinne, well, the hope is with him that they can, uh, if he has another one of those great playoffs like he did two years ago, then they go to the finals. Um, 
it's Pecorini. It's a Pecorini show when it comes to the uh, Nashville Predators. It's, they have a lot of solid players on that team. Obviously, P.K. Supan is a great player. Everybody loves him. Um, but they're, they're inconsistent scoring. It's all about Pecorini for me. And I don't think Nashville survives St. Louis. I think uh, Calgary beats the Vegas Golden Knights in seven in one of the closest series ever. Uh, the Golden Knights have all the right in the world, though, to get past Calgary in six or seven. I think the possibility of that is very strong. But as long as Calgary can survive the Vegas Golden Knights, I do think they'll beat the Blues, who I do think make it to the West Finals this year with Jordan Bennington. I think they ride that ride that Bennington wave, and ultimately Jordan Bennington could be the guy that brings St. Louis to the Stanley Cup one day, as long as he stays consistent in the next season and he doesn't drop off like so many goalies do. Uh, if he can be that legitimate goalie long-term for St. Louis, the Blues could finally get a Stanley Cup one day. Uh, as long as they build around him nicely in the coming years. Uh, but Calgary, to me, I think wins the Western Conference and plays Tampa Bay in a rematch of the 2004 Stanley Cup Finals. And the Tampa Bay Lightning win it in six or seven. Long series. Calgary's going to put up a hell of a fight. I think they have every right to win the Stanley Cup this year, but their goaltending is just not good enough. And Tampa's is. Tampa's just the better team. Good goaltending. Crazy, crazy offense. And very good defense. And obviously the goaltending is one of the best in the league with Vasilevsky. Tampa Bay will win your 2019 Stanley Cup in six or seven games over the Calgary Flames. Might even go five. Who knows? Maybe it'll be quick like last year. Like Calgary wins game one and then it's just boom, 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 boom. Four games in a row. But I think the Eastern Conference rules the Stanley Cup Finals again. You had Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh, and Washington. I think it's Tampa. So four years in a row, Eastern Conference will win the 2019 Stanley Cup Final. With that said, I'm going to give out the contact details now. And such, I forget if there's any conversation. Maybe I'll look at it real quick. At Brave the Wild, at Brave the Wild is the Twitter account. I encourage you to give that a follow. It would be greatly appreciated if you could and conversate with me on there at any time you like. You could tweet with me back and forth at any point. And a couple of people just simply clicking like when I said, wow, six people liked it. That's good. That's a good number right there. <laughs> wow. It says, I believe Madonna. Nope, not six. It's, it's more than that. Significantly more. It says, I believe Madonna will be one, uh, one of the new people brought into the front office. I believe that. So that was a very popular tweet. One of, so that's cool to see. Uh, thank you guys for that. Yeah, I mean, I believe so. I, I believe uh, Mike Madonna is going to be in the front office for the Minnesota Wild at some point in time. Fenton, also I tweeted out that uh, Bruce is my coach next year as I was watching that press conference live. That's the joys of working second shift when not doing the lawns yet. So I was able to put that in the modern technology. You can watch stuff on your TV and YouTube. It's just freaking awesome. Just call it right up and boom, you get the alert and boom, there it is. At Brave the Wild is a Twitter account. No interactions other than likes and all that, but thank you very much for those of you that have done that. That is uh, greatly appreciated. So now we head to the page, facebook.com forward slash Brave the Wild. But first of all, I'll give a shout out to MNW players, MNW prospects now, facebook.com forward slash MNW prospects. MNW prospects, absolutely love that page. Looks like the prospect of the week was uh, Ivan Lodnia, very strong uh, week in the OHL playoffs. He scored a goal and five assists, being a bit of a playmaker when he's been more of a balanced type of guy most of his uh, career. Kirill Kaprizov, Andrei Svetlakov uh, will play together in the KHL Gagarian Cup Finals after CSKA Moscow took down SKA St. Petersburg in the KHL Western Conference Finals. So very cool. Very, very cool. So they're going to the Cup Finals. Cool, man. So maybe Kaprizov can bring home a cup 
over there in Russia. Go get him. Go get him, Svetlakov and uh, Kaprizov. Very, very cool there. Wish those guys are here, but we'll have to wait and see. So with all this kind of information, it is an information maven right now for uh, Minnesota Wild and all the other uh, prospects, the Iowa Wild, the OHL, all of our prospects involving the Minnesota Wild on uh, MNW Prospects. Definitely look that up. I encourage you to follow, as a good number of you have, follow slash like. I love being a part of that page. I'm mostly an editor, and I post links to my page on there. Uh, I try to keep up with, uh, I try to post articles as well out there. I occasionally am able to do that, but generally passing news on and such. I do appreciate what uh, Pavel Bunnett and Justin Back have done with that page. Oh, great job. Uh, Justin Back jumping on board about a month, two months ago. He's been really good, uh, as has Pavel Bunnett always over there in the Czech Republic. Thank you guys so much for having me uh, on that page. Facebook.com forward slash Brave the Wild is the Facebook page for this show. Facebook.com forward slash Brave the Wild dot Minnesota. Pardon me, because that was uh, already taken long, long before, unfortunately. And there was no interaction, just likes. So appreciate that, though. Those of you that have uh, interacted with the page in the past and have liked it and all that. Uh, join the page, conversate on there. It's always greatly appreciated. There's the phone line, 209-736-7877. 209-736-7877. It is a voicemail. Do treat it as such. Mention you're calling in for Brave the Wild. Do your statement, shout-out, comment, question, and opine. Always appreciate it. Remember, though, it is technically a voicemail. And so <laughs> there's a three-minute limit. It'll cut you off, so be, be warned about that. Same thing when you click on the Call Now button on the Facebook page. It goes straight through Facebook Messenger. So if you're foreign, you know, well, foreign to the United States, uh, uh, anyway, uh, you click on that, and it'll go straight through Facebook Messenger, which is free as long as you're connected to some kind of a Wi-Fi and such. That's always a good deal. Uh, Wi-Fi or cellular data. So data, data rates do apply, potentially, if you don't have unlimited data. We all understand how that works. Um, and that's how that works. There's the audio submission route, which I highly recommend because there's no limit to it. Use the voice recorder on any smart device you may have on the planet. Could be anything, your Android phone, your Apple phone, your iPod, your Samsung Galaxy Tab, your freaking Xbox. Who knows what the heck people use these days in some of these. But uh, your laptop with the microphone and the uh, Audacity editing software, whatever it is. Record your, quote, record your call slash audio submission. Save it. Send it to PaladinoLive at Yahoo.com. PaladinoLive at Yahoo.com. And I will then, of course, uh, <laughs> uh, convert it into an MP3 file. Thanks to Converto and Zumzar.com. Appreciate those websites very much. Very happy to give them a free plug because they provide a free, uh, free service, which helps this show out very much. And, of course, they charge a small free fee if you use a, a bigger file at the end of the day. It depends on the size of the file if it's free. So, like if you're talking like a 3 gig file or something, I think there's going to be a charge for it. Just letting you know. But it shouldn't be anything too crazy. With that said, I want to thank you again very much. It was fun looking at the uh, State of the Wild, so to speak. It's like a pre-State of the Wild. But as we head into this crucial off-season, it's like a pre-State of the Wild because, of course, you know, looking at the draft position, which is already established. Now we are 12th, if we like it or not, unless we trade up or trade down. And the free agency situation, there's going to be money there. It's really tough to say what we're going to do other than look for offense of some sorts. <laughs> look for offense of some sorts. i got to think there's going to be another trade or two. Zucker, maybe Stahl, uh, maybe even Parisi or Studer wave their uh, trade. Uh, their whole, uh, you know, 
their whole no trade clause, no move clause. Maybe they're able to waive it and uh, they wind up on another team. But again, be wary of the massive cap hit that could happen if uh, those guys end up retiring early for a different team. There is that out there. It's a mess. Michael Russo talked about that a few months ago. It, it would cause a, yeah, it'd be a conundrum. It'd be a pretty big conundrum for uh, Minnesota Wilds uh, salary cap. Just be wary of that. Be wary of that. There's that. That's out there. <laughs> God, it scares the crap out of me. So um, they have to basically play forever because they're signed until 2025. Four years old. Isn't that great? They'll be 40 years old at the end of that contract. 4-0. They'll be my age. And I don't feel like I could move around very good out there on the ice or on a basketball court or much else right now. I wish I could, but I'm just not feeling it right now. Both of my shoulders hurt like hell, and those aren't even the main parts of my body that hurt generally out there. <laughs> they hurt like hell. I don't even know what I did. Uh, too many lawn cleanups. With that said, okay, now I'm gonna now I'm gonna probably step away for lawn cleanups, depending on how big a freaking snowfall this is. I will keep up with the postseason as best possible. The whole rainy days, Mondays, snowy days, and Mondays, snowy days, and whatever days, and weekends like Sundays possibly to keep up with the show as best possible. Maybe I will keep punching these out every week. Maybe it'll be every two weeks. Maybe it'll be every three weeks. Who knows? But I'll do my best to keep up with the situation, of course, with the trades and all that that could take place at any time. Though now, as we head into the postseason, a lot of that's going to quiet down, other than maybe some signings here and there, uh, signing of uh, restricted free agents. So we'll just have to let that uh, let uh, cross that bridge when we get there. Other than that, I wish all of you a nice spring. Hopefully it's warms up and this isn't too crazy and we can uh, get our work done and those of you out there as well that may have outside work to do you're able to get that done as well take care everyone please do write a positive rating on itunes if you could it would be greatly appreciated i'll give you a huge shout out and a thank you on the air if you're able to do that until next time take care and go wild and get her done baby 